Welcome to the iSmart Podcast Show with Tom Rogers, founder and CEO of iSmart Networks. We help connect entrepreneurs with key partnerships to build financial freedom. The average millionaire has seven streams of income, and our guests reveal how they created multiple streams in their businesses. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around for the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you could be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily transformational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right. Thanks for joining iSmart Podcast. On the show today, we have Humera Khan. She is the CEO of Walzay um, that focuses on recruiting remote employees during a time that's most needed. Um, she's a writer for Forbes and entrepreneur. Since launching in the past few months, um, Walzay has actually had over 700 super legit people. Uh, it's a really fantastic direction, a fantastic company. I know it's just a startup in which she just launched it in 20. Uh, it, just in the past few months. So I'm really excited to have Humera on the show today. Uh, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good as good as can be. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So, um, so Walsh is very interesting. You know, we can go into that a little bit later on in the show, but I did want to go into a bit of your founder story. Like, um, you know, where did you grow up and, and what was your first like business ideas and successes? So, uh, where, where are you originally from? Um, so I grew up in Toronto. I'm originally Pakistani, so and I was born in Saudi Arabia. Um, and I came to Toronto when I was three. And um, I think the whole story started with like my father's just like a very entrepreneurial. He came from like this like the villages of Pakistan. Um, they just like recently got electricity. Um, but he like found his way, like no education or anything, like found his way out to Canada somehow, like first Saudi Arabia and then to Canada, and then um, you know, obviously did those local Oh, I think my writing is good enough, but took those local, like, you know, jobs that you do with like cash jobs and then was able to open like a little local grocery store. So mm -hmm. just like growing up, it would be me and my brother, like arguing because who wanted to put the price tags on like these little spice packets and stuff like that and the grocery store. And we just became very entrepreneurial from that. So, um, you know, I'd always do different ventures all through high school and throughout like selling watches <laughs> to kids and <laughs> um, even yeah just like crazy stuff and then start like a little flea market retail shop and um, yeah random things and then when I was 16 my brother went off to college um, and then my dad's little local grocery store I was like you know we can take these like the leftover meat and make burgers and kebabs all these spices um, and then I, you know, got the federal, the labeling done and the nutritional labeling and all that did the photography, the pictures and, um, the food business is just very tricky. It's like frozen burgers and everything. So once my brother graduated college, I kind of handed it off to him. So I'm like, I'm even to go to New York. So I really want to be in tech. Um, even though I can do this, I was like, I wanted to be in tech and get that experience first. So I can like really do some cool cool-ish I guess with the burgers and the kebabs um yeah yeah it was like something you were doing because it was working right for for the demographic and everything as you're growing up it like made sense but you weren't like super passionate about kebabs 
I wasn't super passionate. I mean, I could eat them, but I was just like. I literally um, had kebab like earlier today from kebab shop. Really? It's a sign. <laughs> it's a sign. Fine. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So we, we started building all these like it's like exotic spices and kebabs. And now we have like sausages and everything. But now it's like it went from this local grocery store to like now it's like a huge production plant and we're shipping all over Canada and getting photo licensing to do international. And your brother still consider this thing for the rest. So he was passionate about kebab. He was super passionate. <laughs> yeah. He was entrepreneur. And I feel like in that business, especially because my dad is still kind of like a villager at heart. So it's like for him, he doesn't want like his daughter or women <laughs> to be in the shop with other men, like cutting up meat, <laughs> which I understand. I'm like, that's fine. You guys do all the manual labor. I'm fine with it. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, because my brother did have to do like all the manual labor at the beginning, but now it's like kind of been stable. Um, but then I still go back and I'm like, if it wasn't for me, I don't know where you guys would be out on the streets because I built this whole thing. It was for me. The reason why you're out, do you, do you get to do equity when you left or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't build that, that out. Like they don't know because it's like in Canada, it's like tech isn't like a big thing. So it's like they kind of just still built on like this whole family business premise. Like it's a registered company, but it's not like, you know equity and stuff like that like he doesn't yeah. understand so i'm like i'll just come in and take all the equity and then start assigning it <laughs> to everyone else <laughs> right this would be like um, that. so did you um, go to college at all or no yeah well first i did like um like one of those two-year programs i'm like you know growing up seeing all those like big tech entrepreneurs they all drop out of school so i'm like i don't need college or whatever yeah i did my family being out, tech so. family just like very upset yeah, like yeah, yeah exactly. my family was just like Oh, there are oh some people God, they go yes. like Yale and Yale and Harvard and this. I mean, that's fantastic. I think it's great, but I mean, it's not necessary, right? So, so what did, yeah. you, did you? And I think it's even more prevalent now. Just like it's not. No. <laughs> it's almost like a bad thing now to have it. <laughs> right. Um, like unless you need like a license, like to be a doctor, it's like there's really no other. Reason. Yeah, I say. But, I always. Um, yes, yeah, so I did end up going. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I did go, but it was more like strategic of like, I want to move to New York. I'm a Canadian. How do I get in there the fastest way? I was like, okay, student visa, whatever. <laughs> just like get that. And then like for a Canadian, you just like, they stamp it at the border. So you could just go. Um, and then you can keep working there on a TN like for the rest of your life after. So I was like, I'll just do that. So just by default, my family was happy. Like, okay, this is an excuse for her to get her degree. <laughs> um, so I studied fine. I did computer science for two years. thinking I want to be in tech, but I was so, I'm like, I'm not going to be sitting here coding. Like, I just can't. Um, so I went to finance, um, did completed in finance. Um, and then I went into the tech startups after that. And that's kind of like how I started my whole tech journey. Because I'm like, I need experience in early stage startups. So like, while everyone was going to like, tech startup. So it was Vettery. So that was like recruiting tech. Um, so that's kind of how well, so this is like kind of like the story of getting into Walsey. Um, cause I, you know, like when you move to New York to, or Silicon Valley to be in tech, you want to be in like something cool, like something hot. And like recruiting is not like the hottest space to be in, you would think. Um, but it was like the, I interviewed at a bunch of places. I wanted to be at like a very small team, like early stage and like being in a startup is like such a big risk, um, to start your career in like a tech startup because, you know, obviously a lot of them, you know, might not succeed. But these are like two hedge fund guys, super smart. They just have like the vision of how they want to build it. And, you know, while the investors were like, you're early, build, get like a VP of marketing, VP of this. And they're like, no, we just want like a team of hustlers. So like I really meshed well with the team. And I was like, um, I guess they saw like that in me too. Because <laughs> like, everyone else is like also again, like from Harvard or whatever. But they wanted people that like went to Harvard on like a volleyball scholarship or like Princeton on a football scholarship. So they, they, they still wanted that hustle of like, 
So they like the rigor of like military or sports teams because they're like, they get up at like six in the morning and they like hustle and they have this rigorous okay. schedule and right. people like that. So that was just their mentality. But the people were just super cool. Um, so I messed really well. I am like, I, listen, I'm lazy. I don't know how I have no sports background. <laughs> you have no um, sports <laughs> background. Yeah, you have kebab shop background. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I hustled some kebabs. But, um, I hustled some I know, I guess kebab. I said. <laughs> so this was like the beginning of Walls A. So you got funding from this whole kind of startup tech thing. Yeah, well, yeah, so I joined that team and, you know, it was a small team of 10 only in New York and, you know, I always just figure out ways to like really scale it up and I really want to make something my own. So I figured out all this like user acquisition strategy, got some like really um, big clients, some like let's focus on enterprise companies as opposed to just startups um, compared to like what the competitors are doing. And long story short, yeah, within two years after I joined, we exited for 113 million. We only raised about nine, so it's a pretty good exit, especially for like that short time span. Mm-hmm. Um, and the founders of that company now are like building autonomous aircraft. So they're just like in a whole different world now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you were a part of that company and did you have any like equity in it or, or? I did. So I kind of messed up and this is because it was my first story. And I feel like a lot of people probably have that similar story. Like when you first join a startup, you're just like, you know, I'm here for the experience <laughs> or whatever. And I got, and you just don't know, right? Like you got the equity. And then at that time I was just, leaving the company so i was leaving better because i was like you know it's time for me to start my own these guys from qatar reached out to me they're like we want to build something similar in the middle east i wanted to work for i ended up working for like a you know marketing company that worked with a lot of other startups i can like build out strategy for a lot of startups so i'm like okay i'm leaving now so i was leaving right at the time of the exit and like the founder they couldn't stay but they're like him to be like because there's like options to buy so they're like okay you should buy your options because you have about like two months to buy them so i'm like okay i'll think about it when i come back because I was like leaving the country for a month. And then I left, didn't buy it, got acquired. And I was like, okay, that was my mess up. <laughs> but And they were like hinting, they're like, you know, you should really, because, you know, we still had a good relationship. It wasn't like I was like leaving abruptly. It was just like, you guys know that I came here and I want to start my own thing eventually. And, yeah. you know, they're at the end of their road too. Like, obviously they like left. Um, so they didn't care. But yeah, so that that's what happened with that. And then I was like, okay, whatever. I stayed like on every team's meeting, like building up the sales team, the engineer team, the entire two years. I feel like I'll just take that. And as I'm building walls, it's like, hopefully I have like a huge exit with this one. So I'll make up for that loss. Yeah, um, that's okay. So yeah, so it's like, yeah, so it's a good, it's a, it's a great learning curve. You know, that's not a bad learning curve at all. Um, yeah, so yeah. with walls, what, 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 so you, so, you know, you left that company got acquired and then, you know, you had this space. What were you doing, like, in the meantime? Like, once that company got acquired, was there, like, a space where you're just, like, you know, you kind of had some room to figure out what you wanted to do? Where did Walls A come in after all that? Yeah, I did, like, work here and there for other companies. Like, I worked for a technical screening company, which is still in, like, recruiting. Um, but, like, you know, doing, like, screening. So I got some experience with that, how it was, like, coding tests. And, like, the, so that was, like you know battery was like the top of the funnel like resource candidates and this was kind of like the interview process um and that's why like walsey ended up becoming like this end-to-end solution of like combining like you know everywhere from like the top of the funnel sourcing all the way up to the job offer so it's more like a data driven platform of um my idea of like well so yeah i was working for like other startups in the meantime for like about a year and then consulting with a company in qatar building something similar and that's where i got the idea of like launching something in emerging markets like the middle east which are coming out of this like oil and gas economy into like this um you know digital world and they're hiring like, a ton of tech talent and they're throwing a lot of money at startups so like their biggest need is um tech talent so like the market is just a lot bigger than the u.s is because there's no other product that's even like battery or that kind of tool out there 
Um, so it's just like a bigger market. And then, yeah, as I was building this, like the other thing was just, you know, what's the data of like, if the world goes remote, then what does a Silicon Valley engineer really mean then if everyone's kind of like distributed? Um, and then, and when I say that, it's like the idea of like compensation of like, how much do you pay somebody in Silicon Valley if Silicon Valley engineer is not in Silicon Valley anymore? So um, so that's essentially what like Walsey's big push is, is like this huge data house of like salaries from around the world and being able to like um, long-term build out like, you know, change kind of like how everyone looks at like compensation, equity compensation, um, but also just like their hiring and um, giving people opportunities that might not otherwise have it is because they're maybe like stuck in another part of the world, but they're like super talented. Yeah. So it's just focusing primarily on like the, the, the way that the world is going from remote or going from standard employees to remote employees and then kind of guiding along that process. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. I think it's definitely a direction that we're going right now. We, we, everyone, almost all companies or majority of companies are working remotely. Uh, and you know, being able to facilitate that process and, and know what that looks like is is really really important. So, did you did yeah. you have any backers or funding, or did you kind of just do everything on your own? Um, I did. I had um, some. Well, at the beginning, I was kind of doing it on my own. Sorry, I was trying to change the lighting because it was like it was getting a little dull. Um, yeah, so I did have some funding, just like small angel checks, um, which is. So like super helpful just to like build out. Just from like your tech. friends or family or was it just like? Um, it was like a weird story. Like I was trying to pitch, but I think it was just like way too early and I'm like a solo founder. So it's just like a bunch of things that like, which I think is also kind of changing in like the investing space too, where it's like now with this remote world, they're also thinking about like solo founders are like more of a thing now. Um, yeah. It's just like, you know, the whole idea of like a solopreneur or whatever they call it now. Um, so yeah, so it was tricky getting like any kind of like venture capital or even like accelerators. I'm like, honestly, like really bad at applying to these accelerators. Cause I just start, when they ask a question, I just start typing as if I'm talking and I feel like it's not really structured, but I'm like, I don't have time to say a hundred applications. They ask like a hundred questions. And I'm like, dude, I want to build my products. <laughs> but then at the same time, I'm not getting into any of these. So I feel like I wasn't really strategic, but anyway, it worked out my, I got like some, I just hit up like a lot of angels and got like a lot of small, like $5,000 checks, $150,000 check. Um, and a lot of them like random, one person in Dubai, one person in New York, but they're like super cool. Like they always send me articles that are relevant. So I feel like even though they're kind of angel investors, um, they still kind of like, you know, are strategic in a way where like they help out if I need it. Um, yeah. They give you some like advice here and there. I had, I had three business partners, you know, like during my uh, growth of, of my company. And so, you know, each one of them, you know, had good, good, good feedback. You know, some of them were more um, in depth. Like we used to meet every week, like the, the latest one we, we meet in person every week for like an hour. But yeah. the other ones were like, you know, they would just say like, Hey, how's it going? You know, like, <laughs> Or, yeah one or, i just hey, haven't even heard from yeah <laughs> yeah it's like okay like uh, so i mean it just depends on what you're what you're looking for when it comes into it so 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 as you guys you just launched a walls a you've had a pretty good um set of 700 people is fantastic how's the compensation structure work when it for those 700 people that are using the program so for people that are using it for candidates it's completely free um and that's because i'm looking for like really good um so like Google engineers or anyone that works like a really hot startup. Okay, so like anyone can go on and sign up for free. Yeah, yeah, they can sign up for free, but I don't approve everyone on it. Um, I want to say that I'm, even though we were talking crap about it, but I was like, I don't want to say it, but 
it's like the hard like it's hard to get into than Harvard <laughs> it's not really but I'm just saying like, I, it's like an example that I use that's like I don't want like anyone to just be on it like it has to be because um, I think that was like the biggest thing when I spoke to companies it was like they're like we'll pay more money as long as we can get like super legit people because it's like at the same time like everything's offering the same thing and it's just a like, hundred people apply or there's like a bunch of people um but we want people that are like especially for, like early stage startups that want to build like a solid like CTO and solid dev team they they want people that have like maybe relevant industry experience or whatever. Um, so yeah, so those people it's free and then companies would pay. That's the way that the business model works. Um, so a company, the way that it starts off is like a company would pay um, just like the base. If it's like 10% of the base uh, salary of like the candidate for the first year. Um, and then after that, if they're hiring more than one person, then we would obviously put them into a subscription that makes more sense. So like if it's one okay. company hiring 50 people versus like one company hiring five people, we would like, figure out um like a annual subscription so we can make unlimited hires off that and how many companies do you have that are like enrolled or have kind of like so we didn't put anyone into subscription yet just because we're like we just launched like the dashboards two weeks ago so there are companies that are actively using it so as soon as they make like one hire successful hire then for them it's like okay it's worth it to like talk about pushing this into a subscription so it's always like because even at red we kind of structure it like that like you make your first hire, but if you're hiring more than one, then you're right. So it's, so it's um, interesting. So yeah. How do you get more people onto the platform? You had 700. You use like you have like a resource of individuals, or how do you use a market walls? Eh? Yeah, I don't do. Yeah, that's the thing. Like even at Better, we didn't do like intense like marketing or social media. So obviously, like the inbound, like especially if you want like really super legit people, they're not online applying to jobs. Um, so we have to kind of reach out to them. It's kind of like if a company was to look for a candidate, right? Like if they're looking for like a DevOps role, they would like have their internal recruiting team kind of like look for that person on LinkedIn and find them everywhere, look through their network. But we're doing that on like a much larger scale. So as opposed to like one team, we're doing that of like vetting candidates, but like 100x. Love it. You're utilizing like like LinkedIn as far as like a resource possibly to get the people in or what? where are you finding these people? Yeah, most of them are LinkedIn, um, and then there's like GitHub and stuff like that. Okay. Um, yeah, but most of it is like LinkedIn of like scraping. Like we have certain criteria that we look for, and then we just try and like move most of those. People LinkedIn's a space, like you know. Like technically, it's a you know you're supposed to create a profile and get jobs there, but really people just use it to sell to other business owners. Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. I'm like, this is not what I was like. I mean, I guess <laughs> LinkedIn was supposedly like the space to be, but like, you know, like, I mean, it's been great, honestly. It's been great for me, but it's not what they originally were designing it for. Yeah. I don't think, you know, maybe they do, people do actually get jobs on LinkedIn. I'm assuming they do. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I know. I heard of more people getting jobs on Twitter, to be honest, than LinkedIn. Yeah, it's silly. Um, cool. So, so you just launched this thing, you know, you got 700 people, you know, utilizing different couple other like resources for, to get, um, people on board. Um, and then with, uh, with the pandemic has, has actually this, has, has the business been affected by it? Has it gotten better? Like, I mean, I'm sure get hiring remote employees, you know, everyone's looking for those. So I'm sure, you know, people were, were jumping on board. What, how was that effect? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like the first few months, I think, like a lot of hiring was kind of just like frozen like people said that they were still kind of hiring but i think they were just hiring people that were already in like the pipeline or like going through the process but in terms of like new jobs a lot of people just didn't know what was happening and like a lot of people just you know weren't even really working because like the first two three months that like everyone's in lockdown it was just like you know everyone's just it's like social anxiety where you just can't really work um 
So I feel like it was really slow at that time, which is perfect for me because I was still in development. Um, but now people are like starting to kick it up, especially for September. September that's where like the big hiring season happens anyway, and that's where people go back to school or do whatever. Um, so yeah, now people are picking it up, and now because it is remote, like oh yeah, a lot of co- companies I spoke to before they were like hiring just in like say Dubai, but now they're like okay, we can look at we're willing to look at remote. I think before like the pandemic, a lot of people were talking about remote. So was I about how like offices are going to be obsolete, like entire teams are going to go remote. But a lot of managers just didn't want or didn't find the need to do it. And now, especially because like the U.S. is also like saying that we're going to deny H-1B visas. And so that's like all of this together is just making people have like have no other option. But um, the pandemic also just like allowed a lot of other tools to be, um, I guess, just to like you know, make it more efficient to hire remote teams when it comes to like communication tools or productivity tools, um, all of those start coming out. So it's not like it could just be like one tool of just walls day and now you just hire remote and like everything works out. Um, that was the whole thing for managers. Like how do we like manage a team that's like distributed? How do we figure out like remote work culture? How do we communicate with them? How do we figure out like time differences? How do we like organize our team planning? Yeah, I've known a lot of, especially spoken to a lot of entrepreneurs that have developed Either they have developed a system to help companies go remote, or you know, or use or used one, or they you know they hired one, or they or they or they looked for one, right? Um, and just to implement all of their data, because a lot of times they had their computers at their offices, they had a lot of sensitive data and information on them, but it was like it was at their office, right? But now it's like you have to put all that information onto their person's like their employees' home computer, right? And so there's a lot of sensitive yeah. information, and they wanted to be able to you know implement new software that could to ensure they could do their job or do their job safely. So do you, do you see like walls, a maybe integrating some of that stuff inside um, the company? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we are, like I said, we already had that like a uh, strategic partnership with Oyster HR, which they do um, post hiring. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's for like payroll and labor laws and everything. So anyone that comes through walls, they can automatically hire the candidates. Um, so it's not like a way that like whoever they hire on walls, they know how do I like onboard that uh, onboard them, they can go straight uh, directly to Oyster. So that's one perk. But yeah, some of the other tools, absolutely, like even with the video conferencing tools, we wanted to add that, which is not a function yet, you can do like calendar, like interview requests and like set up a calendar meeting, but you can't do like interview directly on walls, day, but we're looking into like, integrating that into walls, day. um, yeah, I mean, like we use the tools ourselves for like, because my team is like distributed mm-hmm. in that sense. So cool. I love it. Yeah, it sounds like Walls has a lot of, it's a very bright future, you know, and then you guys you just launched. So, I mean, is there anything you're looking for? Maybe some companies that are looking for super legit people that are going to work remote um, for them? Are you looking for companies to, to kind of onboard? Are you in that, are you in that phase now? Yeah, I started onboarding companies and I'm like between time zones. So I'm like thinking about like, I need to move to UK because I feel like that's like in the middle of everything. Yeah. Um, just because like I had a call last night at like 3.30 a.m. And it was like Abu Dhabi Bank. So you don't want to like not take that call. And then like, um, yeah. So like I have like a bunch of weird like time zone issues. But um, yeah, I'm definitely onboarding companies now. Like now's the time because everything's launched and they could try it out. And, you know, we're obviously like early users get like certain perks and stuff like that. Um, Cool. So, yeah, I love it. So, so what, if anyone is uh, it needs you know great people, do you focus on on just a specific type of person, or is it just like anyone? Like, I mean, from all different types of industries, or is it um, like just tech? Just tech, tech? Is, yeah. So it could be like software engineers, data scientists, product managers, 
Um, okay. So the, even that is like really broad. Um, but yeah, it's all tech people for now. We do want to open new verticals, but we're going to do this one for now. Just really like collecting a bunch of data. Um, so yeah, anyone that's hiring like tech that needs, you know, most of them are like probably middle to senior level roles. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, anyone that's hiring for that, they can definitely go to Walze and they can click on hire talent on the top and then request a demo and then I'll, I'll set them up. Yeah. And you can I get all them. the demos myself. Yeah. <laughs> and you can go and you can speak to, you can, you can literally talk with Humera and uh, <laughs> see how Walze can find you that perfect person, you know, to continue to accelerate on a remote basis, your company. That's pretty, that's really, really important. Um, great. Well, you know, I, I really appreciate you being on the show, Humera. It sounds like Walze has a really bright future ahead. And I, uh, in a lot, I'm, I'm sure you'll also, you know, be able to innovate and connect and, and expand and, uh, get this thing. So that way go from 700 to 7 million plus super <laughs> legit people. And this thing is just, you know, transforming the, uh, the recruiting world. So, so I, I wish you the best of luck. Absolutely. Thank you. I mean, yeah, invite me back a year from now and I'll, I better have some like crazy updates, <laughs> you know, launching on the moon or something. Perfect. Okay. We'll have to see you on there. All right. Okay. Thanks <laughs> for being on the show. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the iSmart Podcast Show. If you are a business owner with multiple streams of income or professional who would like to be on the daily program, please visit iSmartNetworks.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with hashtag iSmartPodcast. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? We'll promote you and your business to our media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up? In your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. While you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow. That's right. Seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the iSmart Podcast.